Welcome to this message from Life Assembly, a thriving church in the northwest suburbs of Minneapolis. Please visit us online at lifemn.org for more information. And now join us as we pursue Jesus together. Now, in our, in our Follow First series, we've been focusing on how the Christian life directed by Jesus is countercultural. It shifts the focus from being me or us-centric to Jesus-centered. We, we started with Jesus because he showed us this by saying, I do only what the Father in heaven shows me or tells me what to do. And we are to do the same, is to follow Jesus. So we, we started by looking what Jesus did. And, you know, it's interesting because Jesus is part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son being Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, working in perfect unity. And this is, is, this is what we see. This is our model to say, okay, just as Jesus followed God, we are following Jesus, and we are being directed by his Holy Spirit who is alive and in us. I love how Jesus demonstrated this for us. And there's this moment in the Gospels, and if, if you're not familiar with the Last Supper, maybe you're not a Christian, or maybe you just don't know your Bible well. There is this moment where, very famous, we've got centuries of art around this big table, and it's depicting the disciples around Jesus. And Jesus, who is also God, gets onto his knees. It says that he takes his cloak and he wraps it around his waist. And he humbles himself as a servant and begins to wash his disciples' feet. He begins to do the job of an attendant in a house. He, he lowers himself to the lowest possible level, and he begins to wash his, his disciples' feet. And, and those of you who know this story know Peter, who vehemently stands up and says, never will you do this. And, and Jesus looked at him and said, if you don't allow me to do this, you, you can't even share in the kingdom. And Peter then says something that I just love because he's, he's so brash. He says, then wash every part of me. It's fantastic, just the imagery of this. And Jesus then looks around and he says to his disciples, he says, now go and do likewise. This is what's countercultural, is that we are to serve. We as Christians are to serve in other words, as followers of Jesus, by following first, we'll actually be better leaders. How, how is that possible? That by following, we can actually be better leaders. Maybe you're like, wait a second, how can a leader be stronger? How can a leader be better by following? And I think that's a great question. Thanks for asking. What a leader is focused, when a leader is focused on the well-being of the people he or she is leading, the leader will always be better. Why? Because Jesus is described as the good shepherd. Jesus is taking care of his sheep. And when Jesus is taking care of his sheep, he is modeling for every one of us what it looks like to care for one. And this is the example that we are given. Now, when a leader is in it for themselves, they take the people underneath them and they step on them to elevate themselves. And that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus had done. And that's exactly opposite of what our culture shows as well. 
Now, for this week, like I said, we were set to have our missions convention, but I, as I spoke with so many people this week, as we were all experiencing this together, there was, were those that felt a lot of anxiety, and I, I decided to look for a picture that maybe could depict what that may have looked like, and this is one that I found. Uh-oh, there it is. It's up there. It doesn't like this picture. Anyway, it's up there. How I think I look versus how I feel inside. And this is really how, when I talk to people, this is it. It's like they were keeping a really strong face. They were looking like everything is totally okay, but inside they were totally this not. It was a contradiction. And this picture is, a, is the contradiction I was, I was trying to, to show this is how so many, I'm not saying you, but I'm saying a lot of people that I talk to, and at times I felt like this, I'm keeping cool, I'm keeping cool, but what's happening? Now, even though that we may feel a sense of uneasiness, we look at the unknown, know this, and, and I think it's really important for us to look at Hebrews 13.8, that Jesus Christ is the same, say it with me, yesterday and today and forever. There is a great hope knowing that in our changing circumstances, God remains unmoved, unfazed, the same yesterday, right now, and forever. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that he is present in our time of need, so... That means that we are to cast our cares upon him. That means that we are supposed to call out to him when we are worried, when we are concerned, or maybe we have despair. And maybe it's been a while since you last cried out to God, and so we are doing a follow first series, but let me encourage you by saying, if it's been a while since you've cried out to God, this is my second title for today, and I'll be sticking with this one. It's, Hey God, It's Me Again. Or maybe it's not again for you. It's just, hey, God, it's me. Which is really important for us because sometimes it's like you don't know how to start, right? You don't know how to begin that conversation. And so I want to encourage you to start off with saying, hey, God, it's me. And he knows exactly who you are and he knows exactly what you're feeling. But I just want to encourage you to cry out to him. Something that we need during this time is hope. God is our hope. Now, I know this movie reference, I've, I've referenced it before because it had a deep impact on my life. It's going to date me, I know, but, you know, for those who were, knew the 90s well, like myself, there was this uh, famous line in this critically not acclaimed Oscar Nowhere Near Nominated movie. And uh, this guy named Lloyd Christmas in, from Dumb and Dumber says to Mary Swanson, what are the chances that a guy like you and a girl like me ends up together? Mary Swanson answered, not good. Lloyd Christmas responds, not good like one in a hundred. Mary Swanson answers, I'd say more like one in a million. 
And like so many men, like myself, that got turned down many times, what did you say? So you're saying there's a chance. You know what that's called? Hope. <laughs> it's powerful. It's powerful. Hope. Now, there, there's a, a, there was a brutal study, and, and I am telling you, I know this um, would, would mortify young people today that there were studies like this done, but it's true. Uh, in the 1950s, there was a study conducted at Johns Hopkins University by uh, Professor Kurt Richter, Richter and uh, I got this from psycho, um, Psychology Today, and he, he was talking about how he was taking domesticated rats and um, channel rats, or those who were um, you know, wild in the river who were known that they could just swim forever, and he would place them in a, in a half-filled jar of water. Remember, I said this was a ruthless study, okay? So for those of you who understand, this was done in the 50s. But needless to say, he, he did this study, and he found that after a couple minutes, all the rats died. Domesticated and the wild, the ones that were that said that they could never drown. And then he was like, I wonder what would happen if after a couple minutes right before it drowned, I took it out of the jar and I held it for a little bit. And he tried that. And guess what happened? They didn't drown. They would swim for days in the jar. Why? Hope. Hope. Hope literally keeps us alive. It's the same. It is true for you, and it is true for me. We need to be picking people up that are around us so they know that there's hope. Jesus picked us up in our mess, in the disaster that we have. And one of the biggest things that we need to, I just want to remind you as, as believers and as Christians, is that we forgot where we came from. We can never forgot, forget how God rescued us. We can never forget that. If we forget how God rescued us, we will never reach down to pick somebody else up. The same is true for us. Right now, we are going through something together. Potentially for the first time in, in human history to this extent that we are seeing in real time information on a global scale. It, it's truly a remarkable thing to behold, really. Now, for us, um, as we are going through this together, I, I have three things for us that I just want us as Christians to keep in mind. And if you are not a Christian and you're listening in, I think it could be helpful for you as well, especially when you see the character of our God and how he directs us to live our lives. And so I hope that this helps, uh, but I think this is going to be more of a reminder for us who follow Jesus. Amen? So first off, we have hope, so let's act like it. We have hope, so let's act like it. We have a mandate not to act like people who do not have hope. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now, Paul is referring to those who have died, and that, that's very clear in the scripture. 
But he says, hey, quit acting like the people who have no hope for tomorrow. He's reminding the people at that time that, hey, what you have and what you have in eternity is so much more than this life right now. And I'm looking at you right now, whether you are watching online or or you are in here, and and I want to just say to you that you are going to be okay. You have hope, and you have hope in Jesus, just like the believers in Thessalonica and those that went so many years before us. Just as they had hope in Jesus, we have hope in Jesus right now as well. And I believe that we need to be reminded of that today, how we respond as Christians, how the world responds. We need to act like Christians who have hope. Now, I'm not saying to act foolishly or arrogantly. I'm saying put your trust in Jesus. Open up and explain to people that, yes, there are times that you have anxiety. Don't lie about it. Don't be like, well, I have faith in Jesus. I have no worries. Look at me. People are sick of that. People are sick of the fake. People are sick of the facade of having to come to church after a messy week, after fighting with the spouse, after getting fired from their job and acting like everything is okay. Friends, be real. Be real. Just say yes. You know what? I've I've been struggling too. And you know what I do? Tell them. This is what I do. I say, God, I'm worried about this. So help me. And then I stop praying and I realize I'm still worried about it. And so then I go back to God and I say, God, I'm still worried about this. Would you take this? Okay, great. And then five minutes later, you're like, hey, I'm still worried about this, Lord. And you keep going to God. Be honest. Say, I'm pouring out my, my heart to God. And let me tell you that in the times of my life that I depend on God the most, it's when I'm hurting. It's when I'm afraid. It's when my heart aches for somebody. And as I cry out to God, When there's an intimacy between you and God because you know him and he hears you, I've said to God, Lord, I'm grieving for those that don't know they can turn to you. There is an intimacy that God desires in you. And so I want to say, hey, God, it's me again. Can I encourage you to pray that? Hey, God, it's me again. Because he desires a personal relationship with you. Number two, practice what you preach. Hmm. All right, people. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, follower of the way, There is no better time than right now to practice what you preach. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I love that. Let us be a light to a dark world. We just sang about it. Let us be a light in the darkness. Let us be a place of hope. Let us be a place of refuge for people. Now, Jim kind of, Pastor Jim stole my thunder a little bit on that Costco story. But there, there was another part of that story that I didn't tell him about customers that just, they got frustrated and left over $5,000 worth of groceries out. And that happened yesterday at our local Costco. Um, this employee that told me this, he told me, because they call them, they're all their members. You know, they're not customers, they're members. Just, you need to say it right. And he, he started telling me how 
he was being cussed out by one of the members that were walking through Costco, by something that there was no way that he could possibly control. And here he is, just a guy going to his job, happy to have a job and working, being yelled at and cussed out by a member. How can we be the light of the world? How can we be a city on a hill when we act like that? Now, somebody um, might be saying, well, we don't even know if that person was a Christian. Well, let me tell you another story. There were some other young people in my house talking last night, and they were talking about Yelp reviews. And one of them, he was saying, I had this really negative Yelp review, this guy works at Starbucks, a local Starbucks, and he was looking, and it was just terrible, just said, and it pointed him out how he dressed, the style of hair, all of these things, and he decided to look who gave this review, and he remembers the situation. He remembers that there were like 10 orders. He was doing it as quickly as possible, getting through, and it was very stressful, and this person was going to the glass, knocking on it, wanting to get her drink first, because somehow she's more important than everybody else. So this person decided to go look at the person who gave the Yelp review and was able to search the name and found him on Facebook because it's the best stocking method known to man. If you don't do it, it's really great. <clears throat> and go to find out, here's the bio, loves Jesus Kindness, how we treat people. Ouch. Do you wonder why people say, yeah, those Christians, they don't always practice what they preach. Can we please be a light in a dark world? Even when we don't feel like it? or take the fish off your car, whatever you need to do. <laughs> uh, let's practice what we preach, amen? <clears throat> now, um, I, I want to be able to explain something that, that happened in the fourth century. And <clears throat> what was happening then was much more dire than it is today, so I'm not trying to compare the two. But I think it's, I think it's really um, important for us to keep in mind, <clears throat> during the 4th century, there was a plague, um, it's called the Plague of Justinian, which killed 26% of the known world. Now, people were so afraid, they began to run away. They began to go into the mountains, they began to go into caves, they began to separate themselves, except there was one group that didn't and that were the group that stayed, the group that ministered, were the Christians. Now, it was the last emperor of the Roman rule. It was Julian. This is a historical fact. This is well documented. As the last pagan ruler of the Roman Empire, I should say the last pagan ruler, he, he was totally taken back by this group. And he said, this is the quote, he said, when I think that the poor and the sick were neglected and rejected by our own pagan priests, I think of the fact 
that the ungodly Galileans, the Christians, observed this and dedicated themselves to philanthropy. They cared not only for their poor, but for ours. Not only to their sick, but to ours. We come from a long line of people with an eternal hope, an eternal perspective, and one that is so important that we should share the hope that we have within us like people that have gone before us. There were Christians that knew that they could get sick, and some did. And there, the documentation of this shows of so many of the pagans who turned to Jesus on their last days because of how the Christians served them. We have a powerful, powerful history of washing people's feet. And just maybe you and I will have the opportunity to wash somebody's feet during this time as well. Lastly, fear not. Did you know that in your Bible that there are more than 365 times where the Bible says, fear not? In times like this and in other times in our lives, when we are faced with anxiety and uncertainty and worry, I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus. And, and as I was picturing how that could even look, I, I just had the amazing imagery of, of, of that, that meal where, where John, the, the disciple of Jesus, it says the disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, it says that he, he laid his head back under the chest of Jesus. And, and that's just the, the imagery that I have when I think about leaning into Jesus. And, and this is also the example for us is that Jesus desires intimacy with you and I. And that is the best imagery that I can, can come up with, with how we are to lean into him during these times. The scripture that I want us to, to leave us in in one of the fear nots. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Put your trust, put your faith in Christ our Lord. Amen? Would you please stand? If it has been a while since you called out to Jesus, I want to encourage you to say, hey God, it's me. <clears throat> so number one, we have hope, so act like it. Number two, practice what you preach. And three, fear not. Fear not. And I know this is a reminder for so many of us today, but can we walk it out? Can we be people of faith? Can we be a light in a dark world? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you as a needy people. We come before you as a people that need 
to follow you, a, a people that need to put our hope and our faith and our trust in you, especially during dark times. Heavenly Father, I pray that if this is a time right now where, where we as a people need to repent, Lord, right now we turn to you, Jesus. Lord, we, we repent. Lord, we ask for you to forgive us of our arrogance. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for our, our reliance on self. Forgive us for alienating people and not taking care of those that are in need. Forgive us, Lord, for turning our back on your ways. Hear our prayer, O oh God. In your holy name we pray, the church said. Amen and amen. You've been listening to a message from Life Assembly. Connect with us online at lifemn.org. And thanks for listening.